and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMax Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. We want to invite you, as always, to come check out our Discord, where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. If you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our new Venmo for one-time tip kinds of things, or you can come join our Patreon. And a shout-out to all of those at our big number level and above. Wolf, Rock Jedi, Blardimus Slump, Emily S, Thunder Mammoth, Jason K, Frank L, Doma Elaka, Elisa Ellie, Forevermore, Just Mike Works, Ross D, and Treehugger. New patron this week, Griff of the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Thank you all for helping keep this show going. And now, a recap of Session 61. We fully recruit the Pixie Pin Ding Wheelie to join our circus. Then, as we head to Castanly, we pass by a cemetery from which we hear ghostly sounds. We move to investigate and find a singing grave-digging Shuni. Fireflies surround him and are dancing to his song. He introduces himself as Boo the spirit-singing Shuni we were told of. As we talk, a very strange tall candle fey thing pops out and attacks us. He's not all that dangerous and is defeated handily. We cannot at all figure out why he was there. We learn about another mysteriously dead person named Anilla. We decide that when we reach Castanly, we'll check out her hovel home outside the city. Buralu joins the circus. We continue on to Castanly. So... When we roll into town, Moonlight would do a thing similar to when they came in on the boat. They'd be like, you know, at the front of the this wagon train. And when we got to you know, the more populated area, they'd get up and use the ringleader's staff. Greetings! We are the Circus of Wayward Wonders. We were told that this area could use a little... I don't know. Um, Entertainment? Pick me up? Cheering up? Uh, revitalization, drugs, excitement. No, it's a little drugs. drugs. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, can we come back to drugs real quick? <laughs> yeah, right as right as Moonlight say that, could use a little, and then Bubbles pipes up. Drugs. <laughs> we heard this area could use a little pick me up, so we've brought our circus to the area. We we're looking for Jolpin Craig. Is he around here somewhere? One of the kids. Who was just kind of standing next to you and staring at you in awe with the ringmaster staff? Doesn't even have to like look up at you. Yeah, Jopin, Jopin Craig's is probably at his farm. And he points off in a direction. Everybody else in the market's just kind of staring. It's like they're all expecting you to do something. I wish I had Kestrel. I'd be like, Why is your spokesperson a child? <laughs> Where is his guardian? Wizard, shoot off a fireball into the air. Shoot it at the child. <laughs> Don't shoot it at the child. I cast thunderstorm and rain lightning bolts. Nope, nope. Don't do that. The wizard shoots a fireball off in the air. Like a firework, this thing goes off with a... And all the kids just... And the adults are looking up and shock... And then awe, and then wonder, and they look over and they applaud. It's a moderate applaud, not a golf clap necessarily, but they're not like whooping and hollering. I will juggle back and forth with Fidget a little bit. 
the little boy who had mentioned where Jolpin might be runs off in that direction. Oh, hopefully we can get his attention. A couple of performers kind of step up. Some folks who haven't done a lot of main stage performing recently. Ellie comes out with Mr. Tickles and shows some of the kids and does a little dance. The dwarven throwers pop out and do their routine in the streets. And all of the old book one performers are, are, are big ones here, except for Mordane. I feel like the sideshow people start to like spread out and start to gather intel. <laughs> yep, yep. People start breaking off and watching different acts do their thing. If anybody wants to perform with, you can go ahead and give me a performance check. I will absolutely juggle. Who is the other juggle? Fireproof Flynn. Fireproof Flynn, Fidget, and Peach Pie, who does not fit the F theme there. Um, (laughs) We will juggle. Fidget! Fireproof Flynn, Fidget, and Peach Pie. Peach Pie. It is all F and P's, though. (laughs) It is. That is all F and P's. F and P. That's our our juggling act. F and P. F and P. Since we are not beholden to the rules of, like, how many performers we can have, we're just going to do all of us. And I will make a performance check. And I got a... Don't I have a thing? I got a thing. I'm going to take one of my potions that lets me add, because I, I make them every day. Okay. Yeah, I get a plus two item bonus to this check, so let's do that. And here comes the performance check. I get a total of 31. <laughs> all right. I would say that gives a critical success for Caston Lee's I'm impressed DC. Hell yeah, we're juggling like crazy. Under the leg, behind the back, shit's on fire. One of the pins is running around because I cast the animate thing on it. It is just zany fun. Would Jeb be okay with Moonlight riding on uh, Turtle? She's her own lady, you can ask her. <laughs> <laughs> And a woman that don't need no dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Moonlight dances from Turtle's back with a forty. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Damn! You guys gain five anticipation from your town arrival. After some time, maybe like a half an hour of performances, uh, everybody's kind of stretching and and you know practicing, doing some of the small stuff in front of the crowd here, promising bigger and better acts later. A gnome man wearing trousers. Well, thank God. And <laughs> Sorry, overalls. That's what I meant to say. Overalls. Wearing overalls. I was just thinking the alternative was not wearing trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was wearing a kilt. In walks a trouserless gnome. <laughs> Hello there, little guy. He comes up and uh, he walks right up to Moonlight, who is on the back of Turtle, I suppose. He puts his hand in the back of his head and wipes off a little bit. He looks like he's dirty from working in a field. And he just goes, Ah, I heard you were coming. Welcome to Castanly. Greetings. Jolpin. I'm Jolpin. Yeah. And he holds his hand up high to get you while you're on Turtle's back. Moonlight reaches out and shakes his hand. I got a place for you to set up. If you want to send a a team to follow me, everybody looks really occupied right now. Ah, yes. We will send the professor with the setup wagons. Uh, Good, good. I got some land just set aside perfect for this. Have him follow me. And he just starts walking down a road. The professor heard his name, kind of comes up. He goes, I'm sorry, was that that the mayor? Uh, You missed him. What did he say? He said, follow him. 
What, me? Yes. Oh, all right. It's kind of quickly does a little power walk to catch up to Chopin's quick little gnome legs. Moonlight's going to follow. <laughs> There's going to be, you know, some of the, the crew, the team is, uh, you know, who pulls the wagons and gets everything going. Uh, start following them in that direction as the professor's waving them on. Performers are closing up and putting away, you know, their, their juggling batons and things like that as you move along. Before you guys head to the grounds, do you have anything you want to ask to of any of the locals at the market? Where can I get the freshest pot pie? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of the things that you all would have saw coming cast in Lee amongst the farming lands, there are a lot of orchards that thrive in this area. Lots of apple trees, peaches, uh, pecans, and they're numerous, and they look healthy. But there's the occasional orchard that looks maybe like it's not quite as tall as the others, or the leaves aren't quite a bright, as bright a green as they should be. He takes you just to a spot not too far outside of town. It looks like an orchard that was cleared. He kind of stops with the professor there. He goes, well, you set up right here. How long will you be in town? Oh, probably a week or so. Well, a week or so. Okay. All right. Well, if you need anything, I'm the cabbage farm down the road here on the left side. If you need anything, just ask. Well, thank you for your hospitality. I did notice there's a few orchards that are not looking quite as good as some of the others. Is there a problem? Eh, you know, some orchards have onions. Some of them have off years. This seems a little worse than, you know, usual in the last couple of generations, but we've always been managed to get by. Does it seem a certain area is worse than others? Give me a diplomacy check. Uh, that's almost good. 22. It's been like this for a while now. Doesn't necessarily get any worse, per se. But what does that matter to you? Oh, well, some of us wear multiple hats. Well, I'm not wearing any hats at all right now, but... It looks like you're wearing a crown. Figurative hats. Well... It's more of a diadem than a than a crown, but oh, I just thought you were the monarch of the circus. I don't know, ring, ring leader. Oh, put the ring on your head. That makes sense now. Because nobody else would do it. <laughs> we're in a crown. Yeah, the wizard's wearing an identical diadem. To mine. Oh, that's right. You are. <laughs> okay, I gotta remember that actually. Um, but anyways, yes, some of us have been known to. Uh, Moonlight. That's that, that's my name. But also is a thing. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> like, that's Tyler laughing. Chopin uh, <laughs> doesn't really necessarily have such a great sense of humor. He's decided to stave off the bleaching through working hard at his plot of land and his farm. And I, I feel like that's why Moonlight like keeps like trying to see if he gets like he gets it because it doesn't seem like he's getting it. <laughs> nope, not at all. He just goes, oh, okay, yep. Ah, uh, well. I, I, anyway, if you believe the multicolored squirrel, we're kind of heroes. Oh, are you now? They are. It's very true. You're talking squirrel. I mean, we have a multicolored talking squirrel, so we have to be heroes, right? I, I'm not sure that's quite logical, but. I am a magical talking squirrel, and this group of circus performers is also heroes. Hello, I'm Bernard. Uh, hi, hi, Bernard. I guess I wasn't expecting to talk to a squirrel today. 
Oh, you'll find many things you were not expecting in the circus of Wayward Wonders. Huh. Like me. Kind of cocks his head at your cloak. I think he's looking at your, your robe up and down and all of its colors. Doesn't really look at you in the face. And he just turns away from you. That makes sense. Perception check from the wizard. Is he anti-elf? 30. Uh, it looked like he turned away from you when he got a good look at your lantern. That's what I was thinking. He hates lights! Mm. <laughs> I, t- I fucking look away from when I get to look at that stupid-ass dagger. <laughs> yeah, moonlight. What race, what race was he again? He's a gnome. He turns back to, to moonlight and says, Well, I, I think I'd be interested in seeing the show once it's set up. There's a bulletin board in the middle of town if you want to hang a flyer or something. I'll come and I'll see what I think. Yes, it usually takes us about a week to promote and get ready and everything. In the meantime, what do you know about the Lifefruit Stone? Oh, the Lifefruit Stone? It's an old, ruined tower. With a glowy orb above it? Yeah, there's, they're all over here. There's one over by, between Fernie and Matt and Cleave. There's one down by Turpin Row. There's this one over here. Yes, we've actually visited the one by Fernie. Oh, you did? Have, have you noticed the glow change at all? I suppose you probably don't go there very often. Not really. I don't really pay attention to it either. I suppose you probably don't know the history of them. I haven't really needed to. doesn't necessarily help me work the land or govern this fine community of people. You might be surprised about that. Might have more to do with the land than you think. Really? Yes, Erdan brought them here to make the land fertile. I mean, yeah, I heard about that. But with the death of Erdan, they are faltering. I mean, I suppose you could come up to that conclusion. Look, I'm just a farmer. Let me get back to my work. You guys set up your circus. I'll come and say hi to you later. And he turns and starts walking away. Good day to you, sir. Puts up his hand as he's walking away. Yeah, good day. Good day. I'll turn to the professor and be like, I'm not sure who I prefer. Him or Opper. They're very different. Neither one terribly pleasant. Uh, well, I mean, at least this one's letting us get about our business without awkward dinner invites. Yeah, you don't know the half of it. Well, I suppose we get set up. Uh, you all want to stick around and help off with the uh, pr- promotion? Or you got to go head off and do your hero stuff right away? Yes, we, we have some things to take care of. All right. Let us know if you need anything. Hopefully it won't take us too long. Maybe ask about in town. There could be somebody here who cares more about, you know, the life root stone and its history than this chap. Yes, we'll also have to check out the hovel in town before we go. Ah, yes, ah, yes. Well, good luck. And with that, Moonlight walks away. Peach Pie will follow. So how far from town are we? Like, just out, just outside of town? Just outside of town. Almost like the just out, as just outside of town as you were from... Oh, God, I, even for, I just forgot the name of the first city in book one. Aberton. About far away from town as you were from town when you were camping in... Circus of Wayward Wonderton. Aberton, sorry. Circus of <laughs> Wayward Wonderton. <laughs> yeah, it's not too far out of town. So yeah, we'll head back into... Uh, Moonlight will head back into town. Did we pass this hovel area when we came into town, or when we came over this direction, or have we not seen that yet? I mean, there are sections of towns that, you know, that look like the houses are under, you know, less repair, some smaller 
sheds almost where people are living. Well, we'll head into town to make some gather information checks. Oh, yes. Let us do so. And by us, I mean not me. So Moonlight's going. Is Peach Pie staying back to help Circus set up? Uh, well, I feel like the whole circus should go. Like, I mean, the, the whole group of us. Oh, don't, don't split, split the don't party. Don't split the party. Got it. Just Moonlight's going to be doing the heavy lifting, as it were. So We're just there for backup. Ready. All right. Well, you all head in to Castanly. Funny enough, uh, Jeb is just as good as I am. <laughs> I don't know how to talk to animals. <laughs> That's how you flavor it. <laughs> I mean, if we Works need me to well. talk to somebody, I can um, pretend they're an animal. <laughs> uh, gather information is an exploration activity takes typically two hours but sometimes more those who want to go ahead and give me diplomacy checks can I do a society instead uh not for this no because you're asking people for information you're not like going into a library and researching it so Spencer were you aiding or were you rolling your own I was aid a 20, 29 would succeed in the aid the Wiz wanders off and does his own. I think it's a 12. Wizard, nobody wants to talk to you. That makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> Aid is only a it plus tracks. one, right? Aid is a success as a plus one. So yes, that would be a plus one. Should stuck with uh, Jeb's roll. 25. Just as good as the 29 in this instance. The 29 was one off from a critical success. You get a handful of different information, uh, but you're primarily looking for info about the life root stone, right? Yeah, Anilla's hovel and the life root stone. Okay. For Anilla's hovel, it's pretty easy. She was a local. The couple of people that you talk to about Anilla don't necessarily... They get, you get mixed responses. You get a couple who just, you know, call, oh, poor girl. She was so misunderstood. But she was perfectly healthy, and she just up and died one night. All the way to, yeah, she was, uh, she was a little crook. Always stealing from the orchards, her to friends. Not saying that she got what was coming to her, but Aristotle don't look a blind eye to those who take from their community. Now, does he? Doesn't murder, then. Uh, but you would get pointed in the direction of where she lives. Chick's alive? Oh. <laughs> Lived. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I think we would head there for... Out, Moonlight would head there just because it's nearby. When we get there, is there a certain one that everybody seems to be staying away from or seems particularly haunted because that seems to be the way these things go? <laughs> when you get to that area, there aren't necessarily, there isn't a, a, a hovel in particular that people are staying away from, uh, but there are three teenage boys who are moping around the area. Are they writing bad poetry? That's entirely possible. That's just what I always expect mopey teenage boys to be doing. <laughs> now that's what they do from the confines of their hovel, curled up into a ball, crying. One of them is uh, like a, a shorter squat kid. He's got a square face, just this little wispy blonde mustache and chin hair. Uh, one of them's a, a tall, gangly kid with uh, light brown hair. The third one is a real pale kid, kind of small and slight of build. And they're just all kind of sitting around the hovel that you were pointed to. Did you just describe the South Park goth kids? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is exactly right. 
fucking found me out. I can't believe it. They're not going to address you. Uh, how do you approach them? Animal empathy. <laughs> Goddamn savages. Make some feline lore. <laughs> Moonlight will dismount a turtle and move over towards them and address them. I believe this was Anilla's at least resting place for the night. Is that true? You get about halfway through your sentence before one of them notices that you're there and talking to them. And he jumps up and, like, moves his hands out of the way. Ah! And they, they all shy back. If that interrupts you, it interrupts you. But otherwise, they kind of just, like, stare at you. Very uncertain and confused and frightened right now. It's It's okay. Just a circus performer looking to find out more about your friend. Moonlight, give me a will save. Oh, God. And in your head you hear, no, keep them afraid. Their fear of you gets more. Moonlight gets a 31 on that will save. Your dagger gets a little harder and a little longer is what that just sounded like. Oh, I like it when they're scared. (laughs) Oh, oil me. Oil your blade. <laughs> oh, put me in the sheath and drink me out again a lot. Oh, oh God. Fucking weird, man. <laughs> You're fucking <laughs> weird. Oh, my. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't know where to go from there. Oh, my. <laughs> Sorry about that. I kind of derailed that right there, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Couldn't help it. It's the dagger whispering sweet nothings and moonlights well, here just did it for you. It made it sound like he was so turned on at these like at these emo kids fear. I mean, yeah, he kind of is, I guess. It's kind of what this dagger likes, yes. Yeah. yeah he's into it. Did I tell you you succeed with a 31? You succeed with a yeah, 31. You did, but I was talking over you. Okay. No, that's all right. Okay. I hear that and I just kind of ignore it for now. The tall one looks down at you. You're a talking You're talking tree? small bush fleshy and the short squat one kind of smacks him in the stomach and goes yeah i heard of the leshies before there are people you know the tall one looks down and goes oh, what you, uh what can i help you with uh leshy moonlight is my name what's yours my name's gabrian and this is and he points to the stout one this is horvalo and then he, he points over to the other and says this is lumond Well, it's nice to meet you all. We have been looking into some strange, untimely deaths, and we were told your friend was quite healthy before she passed. I don't- I don't know, man. I don't know what what you're talking about. Uh, Harvalo smacks Gabriel and says, Just tell him, man. So, all right. Anilla was waiting for you guys to get here, and- had the idea of stopping you on the side of the trail and maybe sneaking up to where you keep the gold uh, in the wagons and uh, steal it from you. Uh, we weren't really sure how we were going to do that. Anilla, it was it was her idea. That night she was really kind of crazy. Crazy how? Know, she just went on like this this tirade of like saying that she needed to take from the outsiders what was due for her 
and that you were freaks and that you didn't belong in the Swordlands. She was just really kind of scary and negative. But then she just died. I'm not sure how that fits in with all the other stuff we've learned about these people. I haven't a clue. Not a fucking clue. I'm writing it down because I don't know what the hell it means, and I'm figuring we're going to have to reference it again later. Right, I was thinking it would have something more to do with that other family. What race? That other family was human? The Swintons? Yeah. Yeah, they were human. And Anilla was human? Yep. Can we ask, do, do they know if there was any relation, or did she like work for them, or visit there, or anything? Yeah, you can go ahead and ask. Um, diplomacy check? Uh, uh, moonlight? I, I Peach Pie bends down to Moonlight and whispers in their ear that question. Uh, here's, here's using my hero point on social stuff again. That was the one. <laughs> and that one on my diplomacy. I'll go with double ones instead. 11. 29. Diplomacy. Did she know the Swintons at all? Do you know that name? The two have been talking, Gabriel and, and Horvalo, just kind of look at each other, squint, shrug at each other, and they turn to you, and, and they shrug. I, I don't know, man. I've never heard of those people. How about old Kuru? No, man. Not Opera Vandy, either? Well, everyone knows Opera Vandy. But did she have dealings with him? Not that I know. Anilla would never get on with the man. She would never hang out with a guy like Opera Vandy. You're guessing, or you know? We hung out with Anilla all the time. My hovel's, like, right over there. You know, we're all, like, a group of orphan friends, and we help each other get by. Working odd jobs for the farmers and stuff. Did she ever talk about her parents? What happened to them? No, not really. None of us really talk about our parents. I don't think she ever even knew her parents. You said you work for the farmers, but not the Swintons. They were farmers. I don't think they're from the area. Not from around Castanly. Yeah, they're from more near Carrick, I believe. Yeah, that's definitely a different side of the community for us, mister. Sorry, I wanted to say sir, and then I got... Moonlight is fine. Moonlight, yeah. Moonlight. They look really awkward. I'm just waiting for the next question and start shuffling their feet. Have you noticed anything weird about here? Is this where she died? The shortest one points to the to the door of the hovel. She died right here. That's the weirdest thing that's happened. What do you mean the weirdest? You asked if us, us if any strange things had happened. That's the only strange thing that's happened. Anilla dying in the middle of the night. And you said you live right next door. He points yep, to a hovel next door. And you didn't hear anything? He shakes his head no. They all kind of look at each other and shake their head no. Would it be alright if we looked inside? Have you been inside? The tall one says, you can go inside. There's not much in there. Uh, there's no one stopping you. And they step aside. Moonlight thinks himself, yeah, like they could if they wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Moonlight will go to the door and open it. Or curtain or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's more of a thick, ratty curtain more than anything. Inside you find a bedroll that has, it looks stained in several places. It's on top of a bed of straw. 
there's a small footstool that you think has been converted into a nightstand. There's a small bag underneath that stool that looks like it might be a, a coin purse of some kind. And there are a couple of tools in the corner, like a, a sigh. There's a garden hoe there, uh, some other farming implements, simple things, trowels. And that's all you can see. Let's give me a perception check. Uh, 35 to kind of look around the room, look for anything that really jumps out as out of place or, or weird. As you're looking around, you notice that the, yeah, the, the bedroll that you see there is stained. It's not in the greatest condition, but there are a couple of spots that seem fresh. I'm not sensing any other spirits in this area, right? Not at all. So I guess I'll look at the stains closer. I'll call on Peach Pie. Peach Pie, can you tell what these are? Would you like a crafting check or a medicine check? Medicine. All right. 33. Peach Pie, it doesn't really take much. This looks like uh, when a person dies, the system kind of evacuates. Ah. That's what you're looking at. I'm afraid these are the telltale signs of a person dying and <clears throat> evacuating its poo. I'm not sure what exactly I'm looking for, but... Was it poo? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that's all I've got <laughs> is Poe. <laughs> well, shit. Yes, oh. you said that already. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the only thing Ted has to contribute. Just no. Wizard, do you detect anything magical or anything like that coming from this area? Tyler's shaking his head no, so I assume no. Well, Peach Pie. I don't know what else to do here. Perhaps this was for naught, but at least we know more about Anilla. To be perfectly honest, I, I can't tell what's going on at all. Nor can I. But I do know. That's Poe. What time of day is it now? I would say we're probably looking at, like, late afternoon, early evening. Well, shall we head back and help set up the uh, tents and circus and stuff so everybody can sleep tonight and have food? I don't think we ever got told what we learned about the life stone. No, I did want to give you information about that. I wasn't sure how long you were going to linger in the hovel. Looking over where she died and getting no sense of anything, it's like, well, maybe she just died. I mean, there have been... When, Malnutrition when you did, or... <laughs> when you talk to uh, Opera Vandy... He did say that some of the bodies that had come in had been had just mysteriously died in the night, with no signs of any foul play. All right, I wasn't looking necessarily for foul play. I was looking for some sort of sign that something unusual happened here, like Old Kuru's place is a haunt. <laughs> yeah, that one's kind of obvious, I suppose. No, but you are supposed to hear the story, and once all the stories are told, they might tell a different story. Yep, by the time we hear the next story, I won't remember this one, so... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Swanee won't remember. Moonlight might, but Moonlight Swanee might. won't. <laughs> I'll prompt you. Uh, getting on to what you all know about the Life Root Stone. 
what you had found out is a couple of interesting things. A, you had somebody who was able to identify the location of an old foot trail that goes from the hollows, follows the base of the hills all the way around to the stone, the life root stone. What kind of terrain is it? Like swampy or? I wouldn't say swampy. It's kind of at the edge of the hills and the flatlands. So just walking in there would work also. Really, yeah. Yeah, it is a footpath. Uh, whether it's from where you're at in Castanley, it's just over five miles away. It's probably v- barely visible in the distance. One thing you were able to find out from an older resident who was at an, a tavern reading a book told you that would-be conquerors of Absalom took up residence in the life root stone uh, in the old days to plan their attack on the city. It's said they created statues from stone and clay to smash the city's walls. But of course, it went about as well as it did with the rest of them over up in the Cairn lands. And now, the tower's upper half is rubble. Most of the statues, too. Word is that some have been stirring again of late. So like a fucking terracotta army is what I'm so hearing? We get to fight some some statues. I am some. going to smash pots like my name is fucking Link. <laughs> ha! Ah! find some rupees. Exactly. So, do you uh, head back to the circus grounds, help set up for the, the camp for the rest of the night, and plan to take off in the morning? Absolutely, and I use a polypurpose panacea. Bernard and Peach Pie get high together and contemplate the meaning of life. Their philosophies are very disparate. Bubbles and Peach Pie do that? No, Bernard. Oh, Bernard and Peach Pie. Ah, sure, fuck it. Bubbles can hang around, too. Why not? Bubbles isn't going to say anything. He's absolutely enraptured by the fact that the two of you have differing worldviews, and he just sits back and watches you two argue late into the night. Can't imagine he cares much. Bubbles? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's high as a kite right now. So it's either sit around the circle with you guys and listen to you... Pointlessly pontificate? Yeah, pointlessly pontificate. Or uh, get up. And getting up sounds hard right now. That's worse. That's much worse. <laughs> Standing up and walking away. Are we going to set a, like a, a watch? Are we worried about dangers here? I mean, I think the troop in general has some sort of watch set. There's a few of them that have uh, volunteered for the duty, especially after the fires. I haven't had to have a combat with this character without armor on yet. That's, uh, feels novel. Feels novel? Well, it seems to happen in every, you know, every campaign, you're gonna get caught without your clothes sometimes. You're caught with your pants down? Without your, without your armor on. There's an orchard nearby. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this like, whole place is surrounded by orchards. Uh, the orchards are everywhere around yeah. Castanley, yeah. What kind of fruit? Apples, peaches. That's where Moonlight will sleep. They will climb into a an orchard tree and sleep there. All right. Well, during the pre-dawn hours, you actually can see that faint speck of light on the horizon in the distance of the life roof stone. As the sun rises, it disappears. The night goes off without a hitch. The guards ring up and or raise the alarm. And the morning comes. It's a beautiful day. In the morning, we'll tell Moonlight will tell the professor to keep setting things up and that we'll, uh, kind of like Carrick, we'll be back. Sounds great. If you get back with enough time, maybe you can help promote a little bit more. Well, yes. We will do that when we return. All right. Good luck. 
And the, the circus kind of comes around to see you off in the morning. It looks like some of the newer members of the circus, like uh, Ping Tingwili and Buralu, they're having small conversations with some of the performers who've been with the circus for a while. And it looks like they're kind of, you know, explaining that sometimes that you'll just kind of go off like this and that's okay, it's perfectly normal, everything's all right, they'll be back. I mean, they did just see us kill that spider, so they know at least that we're capable of handling ourselves. Exactly, and there's a little bit of awe that uh, surrounds some of the performers as they watch you take off for the day. If you head over to the Liferoot Stone from Cassinly, you'll likely get there, I would say, around 2, 3 p.m., regardless of which route you take. Do we want to go in mid-afternoon, or do we want to wait for morning? I don't care. So knowing that, or at least thinking that we're going to be running into, like, clay and stone statues or golems or whatever... Can the wizard like make a knowledge check on those on that to see if he knows what? I wasn't sure if I'd have to actually like see them to try to figure out their weaknesses and stuff. Preemptive recall knowledge. Yeah, like since we since we already know like what it is. I mean, yeah. he actually, he could actually even research it a little bit if he happened to have the right books or whatever. I mean, you won't find research materials in Castanly. Uh, however, that being said, I would absolutely give a recall knowledge on what you believe you're looking for. Okay. What kind of check? Uh, let's see. I'm almost positive it's either crafting or arcana, but let me check. I forget that some of them are crafting. I suppose if it's a construct, it would be crafting. Uh, hey, yeah. What's your crafting? Plus 19, and I'm a master in it. Let's both go for it, man. Let's do it. Separately? All right. So, like, the two of you, like, Girl discuss... Terrible. Oh, God. You also Jesus. rolled terrible. Jeez. Garbage. Yeah. Well, I get a 21. I took twice as long as you, and I got a 24. <laughs> I think it works out that if you wear a magic diadem that they don't attack you. Let's go with that assumption. We have learned that. That is, that is fucking canon. Don't take their chalices. Are you saying we critically failed? Don't take their chalices and definitely wear diadems. Probably like a fucking 35 or some goddamn bullshit. Actually, neither of you critically failed. I'm just fucking around. But no, you didn't get enough information. I don't see why we wouldn't go right away then. No sense wasting a whole afternoon. That last, like, mile or so, maybe we're a little more careful as we approach instead of just, like, waltzing up to it. But... Okay, sure. Maybe perception check to see if we see any statues sitting outside. What if... Now hear me out here. What if we literally waltz up to it? I mean, I bet you, I bet you, Moonlight could do a really good job of that. I bet you could. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, we'll try and be stealthy. I fucking guess. I mean, we could just say you're doing the avoid notice exploration trait right up until you get there. Right. right. I, I don't think necessarily something. it's being stealthy as much as it's just being more observant of what's going on around us as we get closer. Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm okay with that. Go ahead and give me perception checks. Moonlight gets a 20 to perceive things as they approach. 30. 32. I perceive with a 32. As you get a little closer to the life redstone, the ground around here is uneven, and sporadic foliage mark the edges of the Solwyn Hills. Better not be a fucking minefield again. A break in the scattered copses of trees provides a view of the tower known as the Liferet Stone, just beyond the next ridge. 
Its basic, basic shape of a stepped pyramid is still discernible, but much of its upper portions have collapsed, leaving only a broken fragment of its former immensity rising above its first tier. Along with this destruction, it's apparent that the years have not been kind to this structure. Nevertheless, hundreds of feet above the ground, its shining orb still floats in the air, completely unsupported, giving off light as a beacon visible for miles in every direction. That's pretty cool. Jeb and the Wiz would notice that there are some large... You telling me a 32 notices something and a 30 doesn't? What kind of arbitrary bullshit number is that? <laughs> That's just me, you know. I'm I'm spotlighting the wizard in Jebediah's roles. Can we just acknowledge fine. that a 30 is also pretty fucking good, though? Okay, fine. A 30 is pretty fucking good. <laughs> a 20 is so, not. 20 is not. 20 no. is not. No, not in this case. Not at this level. That being said, you notice that in the ground, there are some large reptile footprints and you've seen some bigger ones recently but nothing that big okay we're gonna have reptilian stone golems you're talking like t-rex size or like- yeah we are we're definitely talking t-rex i think you're looking for a size comparison like something specific on foot size. Like when you say large how oh. large are you talking got it give me a sec like I mean, obviously the big Zelgath guys, but right, no, I'm bigger than the big, way bigger. bigger. Than yeah, the triceratops bigger than, bigger than the triceratops. Bigger than the triceratops footprints. Well, do we want to try and follow the damn fucking T Rexes, or do we just want to head toward the tower? Peach by you can tell there's one T Rex, then singular. Are we going to follow the dinosaur or go to the tower? I mean, I want to see a dinosaur. Do you want to fight one, though? I'll fight a dinosaur. We follow the dinosaur tracks. As you're following the tracks there, uh, Peach Pie, you notice that either there's actually more than one T-Rex, or this one T-Rex has taken the same path several times. What? I don't want to kill a dinosaur, but I feel like we're going to have to. It takes about a half an hour of following. You notice over the crest of a hill nearby, the top of a head bobbing up and down. Look, there's a dinosaur. Right now, you guys are in the bottom of a a low part of the land in between two of the rising Solon Hills. And around the corner of a hill steps this massive creature. This absolutely gargantuan animal. And it's on two legs, and it's got a big, nasty-looking set of teeth. And when it comes around the corner of that hill, it sees you pretty quickly. Jab, 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 jab. Make it your friend. Make it your friend. And it bellows in thunderous rage. Why? Why? Why does it have to be thunderous rage? Why can't it be thunderous hugs? Yeah, T-Rex is actually known to be pretty friendly. A big hugger. Yeah, I mean, I mean, David has a really good point here. I think it just wants a hug. Well, go. The, the wizard attempts to hug. Go give it a hug, Peach. By I charge at it huggingly, in open arms. <laughs> it absolutely comes as a secondary point to the Tyrannosaurus, but there are also four Zolgaths oh. who are accompanying. Oh. 
The gargantuan dinosaur. Fucking cool ass. Look like four Chris Pines or something. <laughs> One T Rex and four Chris Pines. <laughs> no, it's Chris Pratt's, dude. Chris Pratt. Oh, sorry. No, Chris dude. Pratt. Fucking Chris Pine decided to show up. I'm not taking it back. <laughs> yeah, they could. They couldn't afford Chris Pratt, so they got Chris yeah, Pine. Yeah, they're like, uh, I know Star Trek got canceled, so we're gonna need you for. <laughs> that is a cool T Rex. I do like this art a lot. Oh, it's like a tiger. It's a tiger Rex. It's got tiger stripes on it, that's for sure, yeah. David, can't you read? It's gargantuan animal. Come on. <laughs> I'm just going to reveal Tyrannosaurus. We all know the, the real answer here. Don't move. Its vision's based on movement. After its massive bellow, it charges initiative. Well, with a natural 20, we start off combat with the wizard. The so what do I see exactly? Well, the T-Rex and the Zolgaths that are accompanying it are about about 120 feet away. The T-Rex looks like it's going to be able to close distance pretty damn fast. It is a gargantuan creature. Tall or long? <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's... I don't know. It doesn't say. I think it's almost like... I mean, obviously... If it has reach at this level, creatures tend to just say in the stat block whether or not the strike has reach or not and what it is, the reach length. So, I don't know if it really matters. You're not going to be happy with it either way. I kind of want to try a new spell that I haven't really... I haven't used yet. Wizard going to dip into the unknown? Can I tell that the Zolgas look like they're... What are they armed with? You can tell that they definitely have javelins, and they also have scimitars. I drop a chromatic wall in front of them. Oh. Tell us what chromatic wall does. It's a, it's a really long... Yeah, that one. I <laughs> didn't take that spell once because I was like, I don't want to do it. And it's a random effect that I have to roll dice for. What do you want to know about the spell? It's a 60-foot colorful wall. Oh, it's 60 feet, 60 feet long, 30 feet high. So let's skip the nitty-gritty of what each color does, and we'll come across that as... As we roll. Okay. As we roll. Uh, but, yeah, just the, the basics of it. Yeah, so it's a 60-foot-long wall, 30 feet tall. I roll a 1d4 to determine the color of the wall. Each color is a different effect for them walking through it or for it just being, like, a wall in general because it can, like, block, like, ranged spells and ranged attacks and different things. Well, show me on on the map where you're putting the chromatic wall. Right in front of them. It's a 120-foot range. Okay. Now, it looks like you have to roll that 1d4 to determine the color of the wall as you place it. Yes. Okay, so go ahead and roll the d4. Let's see what color your chromatic wall is. Uh, I rolled a 4. It is, of course, a green wall. Who would have guessed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this one. Uh, So the effect of the green wall, it stops toxins, gases, and breath weapons from passing through, so fucking worthless. Uh, (laughs) It will deal 10 poison damage to anything that passes through and make them enfeebled one for one minute. A basic basic fortitude save reduces the damage and negates the enfeebled condition on a success. Got it. I also enjoy that each color, it can be counteracted by a different spell or a different effect. Like a specific, a specific specific thing, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. A bright green wall springs into existence just five feet in front of the Zolgath and Tyrannosaurus party. The Zolgaths look momentarily confused. The Tyrannosaurus looks like it don't give no fucks and it's about to barrel through it anyways. 
Which leads us to one of the Zolgath skirmishers. He is going to delay. Another skirmisher is going to delay. Moonlight, it's your turn. Oh, they can't do that. Can't delay? No. He absolutely can. Cannot. <laughs> so they're on the other side of a color wall? A uh, green wall, yes. Can I see them? Like, is it... The wall sheds bright light for 20 feet on each side. It's an opaque wall of light. I don't think I even have any spells that can reach that far. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got... It, you're quite a ways away from them right now. Moonlight also delays. Everyone gonna delay. Well, that's okay. for this T-Rex to do what T-Rex is gonna do. <laughs> that brings us over to Mr. T-Rex. How much movement you got here, bud? Nope, not quite. Fortitude save. Ah, it is gonna need that fortitude save, yes. God, green is the weakest of the four colors by far. That it really is. That fucking sucks. Like, it does the least damage. It blocks the most worthless things. <laughs> Alright, the T-Rex takes three stride actions, barrels through the green prismatic wall, and it just kind of goes through it. It is just a, lo- a wall of light. It doesn't have enough actions to do anything, aside from just be scary. He gets a 33 on his fortitude save. Yeah, it's a success. Okay, so he takes five damage? Yep, five poison damage. Well, that takes us to... There's going to be a bunch of uh, actions that were being delayed that are no longer going to be delayed. Moonlight, do you want to jump in before some of the Zolgas take their turn? Otherwise, they're going to be hopping in. God, yeah, I think I do. Um, actually, no, I'm going to wait. They're too far away. I want to see what they do. All right, one of the Zolgath skirmishers who is with the Tyrannosaurus uses two actions to stride forward twice and then use his third action to throw the javelin that he's carrying. Fortitude save? Oh, yep, that's right. His fortitude save was bad, a 19. Is that a failure or a critical failure if my DC is 29? Critical Critical failure. failure. I mean, he takes 20 poison damage. 20 poison damage. Doesn't say anything about... There's no critical info. For the enfeebled. So he's just enfeebled one for one minute. It's still pretty nasty. All right. And then outside of your range, your first range increment for a thrown weapon is a minus two, right? Yeah. Correct. Per increment. Well, thrown weapon, you can only do how many? Five still? Six. Five That's or six. Five or six now? Okay. Yeah, he's definitely within the, the increment. He's just going to take the minus two. Throwing a javelin at the wizard. Wizard? Gets a 21 to hit. <laughs> it lands in the ground just to the right of the wizard's feet. Actually misses the wizard. <laughs> this guy's some decent AC. Like, we're high level, right? What is it, like 25? That's true. The second of the four Zolgath skirmishers who takes his turn runs through the light wall and gets a natural one on his fortitude save. 20 damage from the people. One... And will also attempt to throw his javelin at the wizard. Gets a 31 to hit, which hits. Ow. Deals the wizard seven points of piercing damage. All right, Jebediah, it's your turn. All right, so I decided I'm Chris Pratt. Turtle's blue. (laughs) And we're going to fucking fight a T-Rex. This is straight out of the movie. (laughs) All right, well, let's see it then. Can I stealth that I'm already visible? Probably not, right? No. You would need to have some form of, like, cover before you could hide. Would you like to stealth? What do you mean? 
Well, what, what do you need a stealth for? I was just gonna, to use cat pounce. Oh. I was gonna run around. Well. But. Does your cat have dark vision? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Never mind that. Turtle will run around the back, fuck with the T-Rex's feet, while Jeb pushes up and attacks. The flanking maneuver. Miss. 24. 24 misses. Done. Moonlight will jump in. They finally decided what they wanted to do. Alright. Moonlight jumps in after Jebediah. Uh, first they're gonna glare at the T-Rex. Ooh, scary. They're not gonna say anything. They're just gonna glare at it. Uh, not great. 27 beat its will, DC? 27 does not beat its will, DC. Fucking fives on the dice. I can't roll tonight. Okay, well, in that case, that makes things a little bit harder. We're just, uh, gonna do the old will, try to give me a will save. The Tyrannosaurus gets a 27 on its will save. That is a failure. Goodness gracious, Moonlight, your DC is good. Uh, so that is a phantasmal killer, so this <laughs> T-Rex will, I don't know, see a meteor coming towards it. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to see evolution. <laughs> the sky goes red. Is it on fire? The T-Rex takes mental damage to the tune of... Yes, this is a level 5, so it is a 10d6 mental damage. Ooh. For 38 damage, and it is frightened too. Not fleeing on a regular failure? No. Not fleeing, okay, gotcha. Well, the T Rex puts its head down and it shakes it back and forth wildly. Seems to lose its focus for a moment. Peach Pie, it's your turn. Okay, well, I guess we're fighting a T Rex. I love it. Peach Pie will rage, move up. Now, do I get flanking with Turtle too? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Turtle being large is a wonderful, beautiful thing. That's a 33 to hit. A 33 is a hit. Excellent. We will deal 32 damage. Nice. That is the end of my turn. Big hit as Peach Bite comes in at the dinosaur's knees, clobbering away. That takes us over to one of the other four Zolgath skirmishers. He's going to do a similar move to what his uh, comrades did. He's going to run through... The green wall gets a 31 and it's 42 save. That's a success. Five damage. Five damage. This one throws his javelin at Turtle, who is flanking the T-Rex. Gets a 23 to hit. The 23 misses. 23 to hit Turtle. Misses. All right. That javelin buries in the ground next to Turtle, which leads us to the final Zolgath running through the green wall. Gets a 21 to save. Regular failure. That's 10 damage, an enfeebled one for a minute. That leads us, now that all of the Zolgaths and the T-Rex have run through the green wall, the Tyrannosaurus is flanked by Turtle in the rear and Jebediah and Peach by at the dinosaur's front. The wizard tops at round two. Kill those Zolgaths before they get in stinky range. Do cones come from a corner or a center of the square? Uh, you pick a, an intersection on the grid. That would hit all of them, right? Oh, shit, that's going to hit Turtle, though. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible to hit the T-Rex and, and miss Turtle. turtle. Right, yeah, right. Dude, Turtle fucking don't hit, care. Yeah, I, no, I, I, honestly, the Wiz doesn't care that much either. He'll just apologize after. What kind of spell is it? Is it fire? No. 
Alright, she don't care. Just don't burn her fur. What are you gonna do? Make it a little chilly? Make it a little chilly? Yeah, it's gonna be a little chilly. The wizard's gonna move up and Kona cold the T-Rex, Turtle, and the Forzol gas. Okay, now to actually get that hit, that cone up there properly, and hit the Zolgath, you have to basically stride up right next to the T-Rex. Yep. Cool. <laughs> That's perfect. Like, pretty sure it doesn't have an attack of opportunity, so... No, I, th- I mean, at this point, no, no, absolutely not. Alright, then... Reflex saves from everyone, including Turtle. So we've got uh, interesting. Uh, one of the Zolgaths critically succeeds, so he's good to go. Asshole rolled a net twenty. Yeah, one of the Zolgaths critically failed, and the other two Zolgaths just failed. Big boy T Rex critically failed with nineteen. That was even with a six on the die. <laughs> and uh, how much did he critically fail by? Oh, I see what you're doing here. Uh, <laughs> he critically failed. Exactly. No, I actually, no, that, that he would have failed that anyways. <laughs> but he critically failed he critically because, failed of, because no, of it. The minus no, two. He would have still critically failed. Oh, because it's the DC 29. You're right. Sorry, I was looking at Reflex DC for some reason. Uh, turtle saved with a 29 on the dot. Nice. Nice. So here's 12d6 cold damage. Oh, now there's wow. some rolls. I rolled 50 damage. On 12d6. That's good rolls. That's good rolls. That is so much damage. Holy shit. The 100 damage to the T-Rex. One of the Zolgaths just completely shatters into icicles. Takes 100 damage. Uh, the other two Zolgaths sustain 50 damage, and it puts them real far down in one hit. And Turtle takes 25. Yep, Turtle takes 25. One of them dives out of the way. Did you just did you just deal three hundred and twenty five damage with that spell? Maybe. Like you just dealt three hundred and twenty five damage with that spell. Hey, Moonlight did fifty of that damage. That's true. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> but fuck, that is huge. That is. I mean, you just one shot one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, did. pretty much straight out. Yep. You straight up one shot one of those little gas. That's level spell. So what's chromatic wall? How much damage did I do a chromatic wall? A lot of feebles. <laughs> Actually, I think you did a decent amount of damage with chromatic wall. Not not 300 damage. I think I did like 50 total. Yeah. Or 60. That's a big spell. God, that went about as well as it could have. Yeah. Boom. No shit. Especially since turtle saved. And it critically failed. And imagine well, if turtle critically failed and I just did 100 damage to turtle. That would have <laughs> been so bad. Would that have been a one shot to turtle? No, she's got to have more than 100 now. 100 HP? Quicker cons three or level what? Ten. So nine times so ninety plus it's not no, it's it's like ninety it's four. Ninety four, so that a hundred would have put her out. <laughs> oh, wow. But she wouldn't decritically fail, she's got fur. We already established yeah. this. Fur. That's why she saved. Fur. Cone of cold co- go burn. T Rex don't got no fur? <laughs> Actually they might Fucking have reptiles. Did it's cold do extra damage to warm blood and shit? Cold-blooded shit. Cold In this instance, d- no. No extra damage. <laughs> but it should, yes. Freeze a solid nice is 200 damage. <laughs> nice try, though. That takes us over to the T-Rex, who just got wrecked. Right before it does anything, the Wiz, the Wiz looks to his left and says, mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> the T-Rex 
uses his jaws to reach down and chomp the wizard. Fuck. Gets no. a 34 to hit. Yeah, it's not a crit. But okay. not a critical hit because he's frightened. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, 26 AC. He would have critically hit me if, that, if he wasn't frightened. Damn. Well, the standard damage, thanks to Moonlight, is 26. Oh my god, if he would have been crit. <laughs> I mean, that would have been like half my HP if that was a crit. With the T-Rex's second action, it grabs the wizard in its jaws. Oh, great. And with its third action, Swallow it swallows it. whole. Yeah, saw that coming. Wizard! I'll be back. Swallow hold, the monster attempts to swallow a creature of the listed size or smaller, which for the T-Rex is huge or smaller, that it has grabbed in its jaws. The monster attempts an athletics check opposed by the grabbed creature's reflex DC. Now, because of the frightened condition, this athletics check will come at a minus two. Does a 33 overcome your reflex DC, wizard? Yeah. If it succeeds, it swallows the creature. Effectively, now that you're swallowed, the wizard is grabbed. You are also slowed one, and you have to hold your breath or start suffocating. When you get swallowed, you take the listed amount of damage when first swallowed and at the end of each of its turns while swallowed. The swallow damage on this is 3d6 plus 8. The wizard takes 20 damage as the Tyrannosaurus's systems push him down toward its belly to its stomach. Spit that out, it's bad for you. That takes us over to one of the Zolgath skirmishers. This one uses his first action to draw his scimitar, his second action to run up to Turtle, and his third action to slice at Turtle with its scimitar. 27 to hit. 27 hits! Turtle's going to take 9 points of slashing damage. And we're going to do the gang-up dance on Turtle. She's got whirlwind. Watch out, motherfucker. (laughs) The Zolgath that was right next to the one that charged Turtle does the same thing. Uses its first action to draw the scimitar. Second action to run up to Turtle. Third action to slice with the scimitar. And gets a 22 to hit. Miss. That'll miss. Jeb. It's your turn. Uh, I give a little nod to Turtle, and she just kind of comes back. She doesn't. She's a little cold, a little chilly. <laughs> she backs up, and I'll just keep repositioning with myself over here, and I'm gonna strike a T-Rex. Twenty-three That's to miss. Twenty-three will miss. Done. After Jebediah gets a little move and reposition in Moonlight, it's your turn. Uh, I think we're going to drop a little sound burst on the two Zelgas that are closer and the T-Rex. Should be able to hit all of them. All right. Fortitude saves. We got the uh, one of the skirmishers rolls a six and critically fails with a 19. The other skirmisher succeeds on the roll with a 31. The Tyrannosaurus, however, rolls a natural one critically fails its fortitude saving throw. Well, now watch how badly I can roll on my d10s. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, 19 on 4d10. Just behind the T-Rex, this deep goes off. 
that bass hits the T-Rex and it shudders and and it vomits up the wizard which is covered in bile and slime and then it falls over dead blood draining from its eyes and its ears and one of the other Zogast dies too nice two for one deal um, and that was reach. That was actually a reach spell. So oh, that was a reach. T- that's my whole turn. All right. Well, that takes us over to Peach Pie. It's your turn. Well, I was about to do something interesting. We'll save it for another time. Instead, we'll sudden charge up to this Zolgath and make a stinky fortitude save. I get a 26. A 26 saves. I attack. Critical hit. Nice. Smash the shit out of it. It's dead. Oh, it's so dead. And since that's only two actions, I'll take my third to move up to the other one that's still alive. That's the end of my turn. Well, it is that Zolgath Skirmisher's turn. Uh, He wasn't quite expecting you to get right up in his face, but he is still going to draw his scimitar. Oh, I'll take an attack of opportunity on him. He is a fool. But hey, how is he supposed to know? How is he supposed to know? Aw, that's a nat one. Oh, well, you missed. I'm going to take my hero point, because why not? All right. Hero point. 26 to hit. A 26 does hit. I hit him. 28 damage. Well, this guy hadn't taken much damage, but he's still doing okay, actually. Not for long. And what he does with his second and third action is he steps just the kitty corner to the square that he was in, still adjacent to Peach Pie, just kind of steps around. When he does that, he pushes all of that extra movement into his blade and swings at Peach Pie with it. Oh, a skirmisher. Gets a 28 to hit. Oh, that hits. That will deal Peach Pie 16 points of damage. Well, those are bad D6s. Is that the best you can do? Ties go wide. Wizard, at the top of round three, you are prone next to a dead T-Rex after being vomited back up. I was going to have Bernard take his tiny little dagger and dive into the dinosaur's mouth and try and cut you out. My backup plan was to see if Tyler would allow me to put myself in my bag of holding. <laughs> I was I was just gonna be like fuck this, just try to hide in my bag of holding until you guys killed it and found my bag. <laughs> I feel like the whiz is probably gonna be throwing up, and vomiting. It's probably yeah. I, I'm assuming. Am I still slowed from when I was swallowed? Is that uh, no, you're slowed when you're like in the the, okay. the creature. Well, where's been my first action vomiting? Because I was just inside a fucking T Rex's stomach, and that's got to be disgusting. It's it's no good. Second and third action to start casting precipitation on myself to start cleaning myself. It's fucking gross. And I just threw it all over myself, too. <laughs> well, that takes us over to Jebediah. Your turn. What's left? One little Zolgath? There's one remaining Zolgath. I look at him and point at Peach Pie and then laugh and end my turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Moonlight, your turn. Moonlight will move up and glare at this guy. Uh, 29 to beat his will DC. A 29 does beat the will DC. Uh, he is frightened one. And that was a double move to get within range to do that, so I'm done. Okay. Well, Peach Pie, uh, batter up. Goodbye. 
31 to hit. 31 is a hit. 32 damage. 33 to hit. That's a critical hit because of everyone say it with me now. Debuffs. <laughs> 67 damage. That is more than enough. Big top stake driver hits him right in the chest and he flies 10 feet back as his He does actually. just get Well, cuz I could spend my three my third action to shove him. He's dead. <laughs> but I still yeah. do it. <laughs> in this series is called Siege of the Dinosaurs, but we've already fought a T-Rex. Where are they going to go from there? Find out next time. Well, not really next time. It's going to be several sessions yet before we reach the fourth book, but whatever. Find out eventually what other dinosaurs we're going to be encountering, because I'll bet you there's going to be a lot as we continue the Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.